You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleague, Nathan Gunderson, and our returning guest, is going to be sort of a co-host tonight because Jim Cockrell is ill. We wish him uh, health back soon, but he's not going to be with us tonight. But Mike Brandt from NHL Sasquatch is with us. So uh, he'll be uh, joining me and Nathan for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. But before we start all of that, I want to give big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the angry beaver and by the way for those of you who may have heard me uh, talk a little bit about the angry beaver last week we did talk a little bit about how there was a terrible uh pipe burst flood in the angry beaver and they had to be closed for a number of days and they will be closed for a few more days but it will be reopening i don't have the date in front of me i think they're hoping for another two or three weeks it will be reopened so fear not the angry beaver is not going away our sponsor is not going away Seattle's best hockey bar is not going away. The Angry Beaver will be back, so stay tuned for that. All right, speaking of staying tuned, stay tuned with the the Kraken and their games. They just had three home games uh, since our previous episode. Uh, Three-game stint. That was a decent one. Uh, They got five points out of uh, possible six. Although, ugh, that one that they only got one point on an overtime loss, you know, that was a team they really needed to beat their uh, conference rival, St. Louis, one of the teams, one of the many teams are vying for a playoff spot. But one can argue, on the other hand, uh, you really have to beat the badly playing teams, i.e. Chicago and Columbus, and uh, beat them the Kraken did. But let's start off uh, with a few notes. Uh, during the stint, Matty Beneers came back from injury. Vince Dunn came back. Philip Grubauer wasn't really expecting that he was going long-term IR, but now he's back. So Chris Drieger back down to Coachella. So we've got the Grubauer Decord show at goal. Um, and uh, Bellamar, he's still out, but it feels like he may be coming back soon. Devin Shore was placed on waivers. So we're guessing uh, he'll he'll be back down to Devin Shore. That is back down to Coachella. We'll see. And, and maybe Bellamar will be back. So anyway, guys are getting healthy. They're back with us. That's great. Um, so as I indicated, we're going to start talking a little bit about the game on January 24th against the Chicago Blackhawks. In this game, the Blackhawks actually outshot the Kraken 34 to 28. And that's about the only thing they did better, fortunately for us. Uh, Seattle handily won this one by a score of 6-2. to two. Uh, Looking at the stats, Jared McCann, Jared Schwartz, I mean, Jason Schwartz, um, Jaden Schwartz, excuse me, uh, it's been a long day. Uh, Alex Wenberg, Brandon Tanev, and Tomas Tatar with two goals, all of them coming in. Uh, and there was that one uh, in the third period, I don't know, one of my favorite sequences, maybe for the whole year uh, so far, was a breakaway. Uh, Chicago's Ryan Donato, our old friend from uh, the Kraken days, of course. Uh, Ryan Donato on a breakaway. Joey Decord making a great stop getting the puck up the ice, Tomas Tatar with a breakaway, and gets a goal, all within a few seconds of each other. It was a really great sequence there in the third period. Uh, another goal that really sealed the deal for a crack and win. So, guys, Mike, I don't want to start uh, 
start with us a little bit here. You're the, our guest. Uh, your thoughts on that game? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you guys and chit chat. It's too bad Jim isn't here, but uh, went through a lot of the illness stuff myself as well through December and everything. So hopefully he's on the mend. And thanks again for having me on tonight. But I feel like that homestand as they came into it, you know, I don't need to talk about the Toronto game as much. Uh, but Chicago, it's kind of one of those teams where you, you're hoping that the Kraken are going to play to their ability and not down to the ability of the Blackhawks team. And, and that's kind of what you got. But really, I think you nailed it, Chris. The highlight of that game was that kind of electrifying sequence where Tatar uh, on the break after the you know, stop by Joey at the other end on former Kraken Ryan Donato. So I, I was on the edge of my seat and cheering. I didn't get to go to any of the games during this homestand. We've been pretty busy here as well, but that was kind of the highlight, I think, uh, for the homestand for me. And they finished it off pretty good last night. Uh, overall, that St. Louis game, like you said, a little bit disappointing, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, and we'll get get to talking about those two games a little bit more minutely. Uh, Nathan, th thoughts on the Chicago game? I mean, Joey, Joey had a heck of a game. Another one. He's still he's still riding high as our starting goalie. Yeah, he's always he's always impressing us. The homestand, good. You know, if you're gonna be at home, you need to you need to be winning at home. It's one thing if you're not winning as much on the road, but we like to have our happy fans, and a lot of the times. That doesn't always happen. So it's good to win two out of three. Um, Chicago, they've obviously had their their skids. They've had some troubles along with a few other teams. So it was nice to – I wouldn't say, oh, this is going to be a for sure win, but they they came into town and we put it to them. And we put it to them hard. I was, that was a really good one. I, I, I'm thoroughly impressed, very much so. Yeah, great win. Uh, nice bounce back from that Toronto game. Um this has been a, you know, the Seattle Kraken been such a streaky team, you know, lose eight, win whatever it was, 12, you know, lose four, you know, back and forth, back and forth. But we're on a little, little, little bit of a, an upswing and may it may continue, of course. Uh, so uh, next game, two days later against the St. Louis Blues last uh, last Friday, the 26th. This one went back and forth. Uh, it felt for a long time the... Bracken maybe controlled it a bit more. They had 36 shots on goal as opposed to the Blues 18. And I think I, I mentioned last week, I I wonder if maybe, maybe the Kraken, the Kraken seemed to win lately by uh, on the games that they're outshot. I, I don't know if that what that stat is, if that's really true, but sometimes it feels that way. Uh, they lost this one in an overtime loss, four to three. A lot back and forth. Um, Brian Dumlin, Oliver Bjork, uh, get, uh, Brian Dumlin getting a goal in the first period. Oliver Bjorkstrand and Ellie Tolvanen uh, each getting their 13th goals. They were in the uh, second period, and uh, you know they're up three to three to one at that point. Seems in the driver's seat, but no uh, goals by two of the guys that just seem to be uh, you know really needling the crack in all game. Robert Thomas. Uh, came up with his 17th goal. It was a power play goal. And then the Pavel Bushnevich show uh, after that third period, he gets the tying goal at the, the 127 mark. And then in overtime, he gets the overtime goal. A uh, little, little snapshot there that was, um, you know, 
enough, enough to win and uh disappointing uh we thought thought maybe maybe that i was kind of almost tasting victory of this and and you know as we'll go into maybe a little later but we talk all about the standings and it's just nutty how many teams are so close from uh you know la kings blues predators seattle kraken arizona coyotes calgary flames and even the middle sort of wild who was sort of tailing off there for a while but they're kind of coming back all those teams within about six, seven points of each other. So, you know, two to two to four games or one in some cases. So it's all of the conference games are so important from here on out. So that's why that one, Mike, was just so disappointing for me. I was just sort of tasting victory at it. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, we get these two-goal leads a lot, it feels like. It was happening a lot more early in the season. Uh, I feel like they kind of addressed that a little bit, but you see it every now and then. Still, and this isn't uncommon across the league. I wouldn't say uh, that two goal leads always kind of tough to defend. You get back on your heels a little bit, and then the other team, if they decide to dig in, uh, you got to be ready. And that's kind of what happened in this one. I did, like you mentioned, Dumoulin on the score sheet early in this one. I love seeing the defenders get on the score sheet, especially after they fell behind. Blues had that power play goal early. Bjorki, Tolvin in there in the second period. Those were both uh, beautiful goals as well and it's just one of those where i think you're going into the third period you're into the home stand a little bit now you kind of put the uh okay we got nice little lead we're gonna maybe just relax a little bit and defend it and you maybe underestimate the fact that the st louis blues team's pretty scrappy team right and they've fought through the standings they're in a tough division as well and they're not going to give up and that's exactly what happened they came back and they took it over and a beautiful finish by buchnovich that's a tough one uh both of those, the last one in the third and then the final one in overtime. And that's the way it goes. You just, you know, you lose the lead real quick and you end up regretting it. I think one word you said there was really true. And I was I was at this game and, and watching it closely. It, scrappy. You know, it wasn't like a chippy game, though. I didn't make it that, but just really scrappy team. A big team, too. Every year when the Kraken play them, even if they win, I just, Blues just seem bigger. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it just it's just this like you know, and they don't have some of the stars you know that they had in some past years, but still a really solid team. Uh, you know, a little bit of an inconsistent one, perhaps, but you know, so, so are our Kraken. So I don't know. Yeah. Just, it, yeah one other thing too, I thought I thought Bennington played a pretty good game in this one. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Jordan Bennington. I don't think a lot we of are, people yeah. are that yeah. outside of St. Louis, but I thought that he really put on pretty good show kind of repelled some some surges from the Kraken here and there, and maybe that frustrated him a little bit. But he's probably, you know, another big reason they got this one done in overtime. What about uh, the fact that when teams come to town, like St. Louis and other teams, you said maybe we try to relax a little bit and try to defend it. That has been something that I've I've noticed, you know, hey, we've got a two, three goal lead. But those are the ones that sometimes tend to slip away, you know. Um, but I didn't get to see the third period. I had a game of my own that I had to play in. So I only got to see the first and the second at the arena that I play at. But from ones. what I did, yeah, from what I did see, we looked like we were in control. We were we were throwing it around with them. Um Good puck control, good passing, good forechecking, everything like that. So it's disappointing to come away with the loss, but it wasn't a butt kicker. Everybody tried really hard. Both teams played great. So it is what it is for that one, you know? Well, luckily, uh, you know, we get uh, 
you know, get that point, that overtime loss point. And so it just still keeps them uh, moving forward. Well, I- interesting you guys said about the, um, uh, you know, losing steam, you know, kind of kind of getting back in your heels there in the third period. Happened two games in a row. Uh, this next one, Columbus Blue Jackets game. Uh, they won, uh, won by a score of four to two. And uh, man, right off the bat, uh, three goals in that first period. Jordan Eberle, Jared McCann, Jared McCann getting his 20th. And then Jer- Jordan Eberle again before the end of the period uh, with a power play goal, uh, you know, get, getting getting his ninth. And so it looked like, oh, this is going to be, you know, floodgates early, just just on their way. Second period, not much, no none, no scoring at all. And then uh, just felt like, okay, they've, they've got this well in hand. And all of a sudden the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, you know, I gotta tip my hat. Didn't they're, they're a team that's been struggling, but uh, they did not give up. Um, uh, and uh, one of their young players, uh, Igor Chinakov, uh, he's uh, their right winger, uh, got two goals, uh, there that uh, to make it three to two and make us a little nervous toward that end, end there. But uh, luckily, Brandon Tanev uh, got an empty netter to uh, really seal it and for them to to win that one. Um, my first time seeing a Columbus Blue Jackets game uh, in, in any place. Uh, not surprised. I didn't see it. You know, somebody. It's interesting when you go to uh, Climate Pledge and which visiting teams show, uh, you know, show up. You know, their fans show up, but uh, not a whole lot of Columbus fans. I think I counted five in our section. Uh, five within the three sections that I'm near, but uh, uh, and they haven't had much to to cheer about in, in recent years. But uh, you know, it's cool of watching uh, you know some of the players on that team. Uh, you know, uh, Johnny Hockey there and. Uh, and then catch that team uh, for the first time. But then it was also really fun, obviously, to see the Seattle Kraken win a game. Again, just like the Chicago game, Mike, a game you really got to win these. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to let you don't want to let points in the standing slip away. And if they kind of learn their lesson in the game prior, looks like they did a little bit. But still, I I feel like I jinxed it a little bit because I, I posted over on X right before it happened that, uh, you know, the Jackets, Blue Jackets are just like, one shot away from making this a rather puckering finish to the game, and that's kind of what happened. But this time, they uh, they closed the door, Tanev with the empty netter, and it felt a little bit different. I feel like I kind of let myself, uh, until I snapped into that moment where I was like, man, if they just keep pushing here and get a goal, this is going to be another really knuckle or uh, finger-biting, nail-biting moment for the Kraken, and it just feels like they got to keep learning this lesson. So I I feel like it's better to learn this lesson now than in the playoffs, right? I always say that if you're going to have these moments, let them slip away. If you can get to the playoffs, hopefully you learn your lessons earlier in the season and carry that forward uh, because you can't let games slip away like they have. And and luckily this one didn't. Uh, and I think it sets them up nicely to now go out on the road. Uh, the schedule is getting easier, right? as we go forward, but a uh, good finish by Tanev, but not the greatest finish overall. I feel like the Kraken uh, had to learn a lesson a little bit again, and it made me a little bit nervous as well. Yeah. It's like they run out of gas a little bit on those uh, or something. And they, um, they can be up too. And I'm just, I still get nervous whether we're talking about the beginning of the year when they started off really slow or now I still get nervous. Now they had the three goal lead, so I felt quite a bit better, you know, and they did right. 
but but the two goal lead thing, I I can't hold my breath on that just because of too many games they played in in recent past. Yeah, definitely, and and they just you know hope like I keep saying you got to learn the lesson and move forward. Uh, and maybe Nathan, if you want to tack on this, you, it sounds like you kind of alluded to it a little bit in the in the recap of the last game, but maybe it is a systematic thing. Maybe it's you know the way Hacksaw wants to approach it. It is pretty noticeable when they take take their foot off the gas. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some some thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm not sure what he says to them when you've got a one or two goal lead, maybe even three goals. Like you said, you hit the hit it right on the head there about getting comfortable and then things can start to slip away. You kind of, oh, how is this really going to go? I remember the days when if you were up by two or three, say last year, we we were treated to a very good season where if we were up by just a couple of goals, we could relax. We were comfortable. But this time it's you really have to pay attention to what's going on. Make sure that you don't let up at the wrong time. And when I say let up, that doesn't mean just let them skate by, but defend, like you said earlier, defend your lead and you don't have to shove it down their throat. We don't need eight to two, even though sometimes those kinds of games are nice. Just make sure that you're staying consistent. And that's how they were able to come away with this, this win. One, one thing I noticed in, uh, they highlighted this on the broadcast was that sequence where they were passing a lot. Uh, and just almost toying with the blue, blue Jackets. And maybe it's kind of a case of one of these teams with the Kraken uh, where, you know, maybe sometimes your best defense is a good offense and you have to rely on possession. And they do rely on possession a lot for their scoring. So I feel like, you know, if you can just dial in with your possession, you don't need to be sending shots to the net constantly to defend well. But if you can maintain possession, keep it out of your own end, maybe that's something they can rally on and, and tweak a little bit in their system. Yeah, and it was good to see Ebbs checking in. We've kind of been a little bit worried, you know, is he, what's going on? Is he, wouldn't say losing interest, is he leaving some room for some of the younger players? I don't know. It just, it, it felt like the last few weeks he's been a little bit quiet and there was a little bit of chatter, even just amongst us with Jim, that if there's going to be some sort of talk of moves, would that possibly be something because we haven't really seen much, but when he checked back in on that game and it, it kind of helped realize, okay, he's, he's here. Let's just build off of that. Maybe he's been a little bit quiet. That happens, but I'd like to see him keep moving forward with it for sure. Yeah. He's, he's, he's looked good late recently. I, I, I just don't see them trading him or anything unless they were you know having a little fire sale or something and, and you know really w- went downhill and i i he think he brings a lot of good leadership to the team and uh, granted you know he's been a little quiet but he, he's got a lot of great ability and other guys have stepped up obviously bjorkstrand tolvin and 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 jared mccann you know getting his 20th i mean is this guy gonna is this guy gonna hit 35 40 goals this year i mean it, he's on such a track uh for goal scoring it just it's it's amazing to me what you know his he's his career has just doubled over in the last well since he came to Seattle right really I mean he was what was he a third line fourth line guy before I mean it's just yeah. uh, it's yeah. it's really great to see um so 
Next up, obviously, they they got a big long break right before this recording. This is uh, we're recording this right before the San Jose Sharks game, road game in San Jose. Another game they really got to win for playing team, and hopefully they can win that one and have this break. It's about a 10, 11 day break, really crazy long break here, um, till uh, you know through the All Star break, All Star happening on the weekend of uh, February three, and then uh, they have nothing until and then the. Uh, Big road trip, uh, Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, New York Islanders, and the Boston Bruins uh, before a uh, long homestand they'll have after that. So here we are. At, at, well, let's let's actually look at a little of the San Jose game. It may be a little moot by the time this comes out. It's probably going to be around game time. But when we, Groob, does Groob get a start here? I, I almost kind of wondered if I'd see him in Col- at the Columbus game. But uh, are we going to see him soon? You think, guys, either of you? I think so. I think we will. We'll we'll see him probably for the San Jose game. And correct me if I'm wrong. They usually always, when they come back from injury, they still have them play the entire game. They're not going to maybe have them come out kind of like preseason in the NFL, where they would come out for you know a period. Oh yeah, and see no, how you're, they do. you're in the game. Yeah, no, you're, yeah. This so is, it's this not a period by period kind of basis when you no, come no, back no, like no. that. No, got it. Okay. Well, it, only if that happens, if they're down four to nothing. All <laughs> right. Uh, okay. But uh, we'll, yeah, so that'll be, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We'll see. That'll be a little moot, uh, perhaps, uh, by, by the time you all listen to this and uh, and you'll know if Grubauer went in or not. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, though. That brings up the question how much we'll see of him. I mean, Joey has been the hot goalie, obviously. Uh, he's, his stats keep going up and up. Um I mean, I, I haven't looked at it in the last couple of days, but I mean, he was fifth in goals against average as of a few days ago. Really great to see. He looks to me just so fluid and confident back there. I mean, that's not to say, I don't know what's in Philip Grubauer's head or any other goalie, but just some of them just give me this impression they're tight. And Joey's just doesn't seem to let anything bother him. Even if a, a goal goes by, he just picks up where he left off. Yeah, I mean, Joey's been incredible. Just to echo, uh, maybe not echo, but play devil's advocate off of Nathan just a little bit uh, and propose talking about Grubauer real fast and then I'll get on, I'll get on to Joey. But just just something to consider, right? We're going into a long break. Uh, and if the concern with Grubauer is, you know, more time to get healthy, I feel like Joey's going to be okay if you start him tomorrow. He's not too tired. He's also going to get the break. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, but just throwing it out there. Maybe you just let Joey finish this little runoff. You get uh, how many days is it off in between with the All Star break, and then you've got Grubauer with as much possible time as you can get him, as healthy as you can possibly get him, and then you hit the second half here after the All Star break and see where you got to go. But just an idea. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Hackstall's kind of hard to predict, but he does seem like he goes with hot hand quite often, right? Yeah, especially this season, you know, and he, uh, you know, Joey's been playing more than I kind of expected. Not complaining, mind you. I, I love seeing it. And I, I've loved that kid when he came up. But, you know, I he's, you know, he he seemed like maybe one, for a long time, Jim and I and then Nathan, you know, we talked, oh, he's probably going to be this guy that's, you know, AHL or most of the time and gets a few cups of coffee in the NHL. And boy, you know, getting that almost that all that playing time he did in the AHL last year, obviously going to the Calder Cup, and uh, and g- gaining a lot of playing time, a ton of confidence, a ton of knowledge. He came back up here twice the goalie we saw two seasons ago. 
And um, yeah, it, so I've talked about it quite a bit over on on my channel, and it's like you've seen the progression from just the way he handles his crease to you know like going laterally. Uh, he does get a little aggressive at times, which I think is his nature. I think that's great. Sometimes maybe a little too aggressive, and sometimes he, he makes some fans nervous. I hear people yeah. around me and people <laughs> blogging, "Don't go so far up the net." Yeah, he goes on his adventures, but uh, I think that's part of his nature. So he has to learn from it a little bit, and you got to play it a little differently at the NHL level. But I mean, where would we be without Joey this year? He's kind of become part of the emotional. Uh, heartbeat of this team and the crowd loves him, the chance at the Winter Classic and now at CPA constantly when he does a good job. And I was just looking at his stats, you know, real quick, two, three, six goals against and a nine, two, say percentage with two shutouts. It's just, it's been incredible to see him come up and just take the reins out of nowhere, really. I, I, like if you had asked me last year, do you think Joey could take this over? No, and he didn't. And Martin Jones was the guy but uh, yeah, really out of nowhere, I've been completely blown away by Joey Decord. How could we know? I mean, most of the pundits and all of us. I mean, what, what what's your what's the weak point? I mean, there, you can point to a few things, but one was like, what which goalies are going to show up? We'd seen Grubauer play quite well, and obviously last year a lot better than he did the first season with Seattle. And you had these guys, you know, Martin Jones and Drieger. You know, they'll they'll win some games, but they're usually high scoring games. And I, you, you did, none of them gave the viewer, the Seattle fan, or at least not us, a ton of confidence. And now all of a sudden we're like, yeah, we got Joey in the net, and he had the Joey, Joey, Joey chance and all that. Oh, by the way, we still have a lot of Joey, Joey shirts, folks. I'll get to that in a sec. But anyway, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, you know, we, we've got our, our star goalie, at least for this first half of the season. You know, it's a long season. This is a, this is a long, uh, you know, marathon. Um, but he's a young guy and he's 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 just learning and, and gaining more confidence. How can he not? You know, uh, so I, I feel good for him moving forward. And hey, if you have somebody like Philip Grubauer as your number two, hey. That 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 gives me some good confidence too, and you know, bringing him in. Hopefully, you do have to bring him in a little bit. I mean, a cold goalie, how 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 good are any of them? You know, he's going to have to play again soon. But um, I I I think you know, having that break will help Rube, uh, help them all. You know, there are a lot of the guys that dinged up more than we even realize. So uh, even though as a hockey fan, wanting to watch a lot of hockey, uh, you know, they'll have that break, but. Uh, Although I will say that actually Jim and I, you know, as long as he as long as he gets better, gets well enough in time, he and I actually are heading down to get get in between that break. We're going down to Coachella in a, a couple of oh. days. Going to catch a couple of Coachella Valley Firebirds games. They're playing back to back against the Calgary Wranglers. We've never seen a Firebirds game in their home. Obviously, we saw the one that they they played uh, up here. One of them that they played up here. But uh, going to get to see Shane Wright and Melanson and Robertson and I guess Tris Drieger, maybe, you know, and, and a lot of them to check that whole whole scene out uh, in the desert. So we'll have a little report on that uh, uh, soon. Um, yeah, because that was something we wanted, we wanted to try to fit in last year. It didn't work out. So but we saw, OK, where can we go where it's going to be two games in the two days? So we got that. So get ready, Coachella. We're coming down soon. Looking forward to that. Um, get your suntan lotion out, Chris. Get your suntan lotion. Absolutely. You know what? I saw the the uh, one of the days is going to be warm. The other one looked like it's going to be kind of 
schooler, you know, rainy in the 60s. Oh, well. Jim was talking about he's going to wear shorts the whole time. I don't know if that will happen, but we'll see. Anyway, Mike, you alluded a little bit to your other channel. Tell tell everybody, because I, I can't assume everybody who's listening right now knows what that is. Tell us what you got, NHL Sasquatch. Where can people catch that? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on uh, X is what it's called now, not Twitter anymore. So that's really where the whole thing started and go back a long ways with Jim and, and you guys as well, uh, bantering back and forth for many, many years over there before the Kraken even existed. So, uh, you know, it was really, it was the whole name Sasquatch NHL. It started out as, you know, the Seattle Sasquatch was one of the ideas for the team. And we all knew pretty quickly that wasn't going to be what it was. So I said, I'll just kind of spin it into my handle name and, that's where we went from there. And then uh, not too long down the road, once the Kraken got going, I decided, hey, let's start a YouTube channel and podcast and see how it goes. And it's been a really good way to kind of meet new people and get out into the community and just interact in general. And, you know, with you guys, uh, some of the other podcast groups do some some different segments and bits in here and there. And it's it's just been a lot of fun and it's grown uh, slowly. But, you know, that's that's really, for me, the goal was to just kind of have some sort of uh, voice because I feel like I can, you know, provide some positive uh, things to the hockey community here and also help new people learn and also meet new people and do some good things here in the community at the same time. So that was the whole goal. And I feel like it's, it's, you know, kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just going to keep at it. I have a couple new things that I'm working on. They're not quite ready yet, but as you guys know, time is always the enemy, right? Oh yeah. We have jobs, we have lives, families, all kinds of things, of, of course. Yeah. So, so NHL Sasquatch, you're on YouTube uh, and how often usually you, not every game, but you sometimes do some uh, post-game uh, programs, right? Yeah. So I, I like to do, that's really what I love doing is the, the live broadcast because it's more challenging. I've always been really interested in live production and uh, the graphics and everything that I do for the post-game stream. So I kind of view it as a challenge and it's a lot of fun to engage and, and interact and chat with uh, friends from the community throughout those live streams. And so I view that as just kind of, you know, the the fun part of it. It's not really the best way to make your YouTube channel grow. Sometimes it's better to just do recorded videos. So I've tried to do a little bit more of that as well. But like I said, really the goal was to just kind of have a place where I can talk hockey with friends and and that's what it's that's what it's turned into. Uh, you know, I like to have occasionally the lady if in the in the fam here will hop on the channel, but we are also potentially going to be doing some some va some battles with uh, NHL uh, video games as well. So that that was something we tried a little bit last year, ran out of time. So I have to kind of recharge and see where that's going to go. But like I said, I like to do lots of different things and just kind of have it be almost like a, a diary entry here and there with the different recorded episodes. Also like to get the community involved in the podcast episodes and just kind of keep it fresh and interesting, a little bit different approach than some others. But yeah, that's where I'm at with it. And it's been a lot of fun. Really uh, glad that I decided to to kind of, you know, it's hard to put yourself out there sometimes, but uh, the payoff definitely has been worth it. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's great to have you. And part of it, I mean, uh, Jim and I were happy, you know, getting to put a little video on uh, one, one of the uh, bits you put together, all the fan yeah. videos and when we were doing the uh, post-Winter uh, Classic uh, ice skating uh, bit and everything. We were happy to to participate in that and it's been great to be on your on your program before too yeah the, you, those oh sorry go ahead Nathan. 
I was just going to say, when you say that you were going to stream games, is that what you were saying? You were going to stream playing the game, the hockey games? So I think for those, it'll be more of a pre-recorded thing, and then I'll edit it together. Uh, but, you know, if the, it's, it's, if the interest is there, then, you know, maybe that would become more of a thing. But uh, probably best to to pre-record that because sometimes the gloves come off uh, between the wife and I when we're getting competitive <laughs> with games. So I'll be I'll be interested to <laughs> see that. Not physically. Just, yeah. You know, oh, okay. Kind of, well, we'll sure, a little, little angst in family angst there with the <laughs> Okay, we we'll want to keep so loop on that tonight. One. Tonight, what's happening downstairs? The in-laws are actually visiting, and she's got them playing this game, uh, Overcooked on the the uh, Nintendo Switch. And that if you guys could hear them downstairs right now, it is hilarious what is happening. She's like trying to direct traffic because it's a co-op game, trying to direct traffic. And they're all kind of hollering at each other down there. So it's been hilarious to kind of sit up here and listen to them the last couple hours. All right. The people are part of the entertainment, not just the game. I got it. I got it. Yeah. That, that's great. Well, awesome. Awesome, Mike. Well, always a pleasure to have you on here and everything. We'll get we'll get you back. And this is a rarity. This is the only one I think Jim's ever missed. So it's uh, uh, but it was great, you know, in a way, a shame not to have you and Jim go back, do some back and forth, but also great that you could, you know, fill in here and uh, and uh, help help our episode here. So that was great. Um I also want to offer all the uh, listeners out there, Want to, if you want to contact us, you can find us at, or connect with us rather, at the info at seattlecrackandfancast.com. Um, you also can find us on X, aka Twitter, and we're at Cast Kraken. We're also very uh, involved in Instagram and Facebook. And um, I alluded earlier about our t-shirts. We do have a number of cool t-shirts, Kraken Fancast shirts. Our, our own Joey, Joey, Joey shirts, which you'll, of course, want to buy and wear at the game. Uh, show your Joey Decord love. We've got a few other designs, too. So uh, check that out at our website. Uh, there's a link on there, seattlecrackenfancast.com. Appreciate all your patronage. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our website. So uh, thanks for checking in. Uh, for Nathan Gunderson, Mike Brand, and our wonderful producer, Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, 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 go